Ember Woman at Sunset, 1951. Roxana Castillo, Chromogenic Print. This photograph was taken as part of a larger international series that Castillo shot, featuring images of sunsets and sunrises in cities all across the globe as a means of experimenting with the then relatively new chromogenic development process. This particular photograph was taken on the very grounds of the estate, at the exact instant the sun sank below the horizon. As she tells it, it was the evening of a gala, or an exhibit opening. Castillo was unsure of the exact circumstances after the fact, only that there was some sort of event happening on the grounds that evening. She wandered away from the bustle of the festivities in hopes of capturing an unpeopled shot of the sun as it set on this place that she held so dear. In anticipation of a brisk evening here at the Godfrey, fire pits had been set up around the grounds for the benefit of the event guests. And so Castillo set up her camera near one of them, hoping to feature it in some way. The upper two-thirds of the image capture the gloaming sky, the oranges and pinks just above the horizon, which bleed into the dusky blue within which the sliver of a waning moon hangs suspended, which bleeds into the darkness from which only the boldest stars manage to break through. The lower third of the frame disappears into darkness, the features of the landscape vanishing along with the sun. The only distinguishing feature within that darkness is a tendril of embers from the fire, caught in the evening breeze, streaking up towards the sky in a central column. That was all that Castillo meant to capture, the embers being a serendipitous addition to the shot. It was only after developing the photo that night that she discovered what has since made this picture so famous. Centered in the image, in full silhouette against the darkening sky, her long hair blowing in the breeze, stands a woman. Her head tilts to one side as she considers the expanse of sky before her. Her arms hang loosely at her sides, her hands relaxed and unclenched. And the embers, caught on the wind, trace her figure in a perfect outline, radiant against the dying light of day. Castillo swore that no one was in the shot before she took the picture, and that no one was there when she brought her camera down. And yet the woman stands there, identity unknown, waiting and watching. For what? In the months and years following this photograph, Castillo could often be found out on the estate grounds, waiting for the moment when day turns to dusk, snapping photos in the hopes of answering that very question. It is unknown if she ever answered it. Though she did capture at least one other image of the Ember Woman, Keep an eye out for it as you continue exploring the galleries. It has a tendency to appear when you least expect it, often in penumbral spaces, at the edge of the darkness into which you should not venture. If the art on display is inspiring you to pick up a paintbrush or a sketchbook, you're in luck. The Godfrey Estate and Museum offers a wide array of art classes for all ages and skill levels. Not sure where to start? A good introductory lesson is our Watercolor 101 class. Our instructors will walk you through the basic techniques of watercolor painting with an emphasis on the most effective means of producing enough tears to complete your work. As any artist knows, the salt water of fresh tears is the best way to make the color of the paints really pop. You'll learn all the tried-and-true tips used by professionals, everything from keeping a fresh onion handy to digging up your darkest and most painful memories. 
If that seems a bit rudimentary for you, or if you're interested in a different medium altogether, try out our Paper Dreams class, in which you'll create origami representations of your worst recurring nightmares. And for our most artistically advanced guests, we offer a very special class, finger painting. These lessons are intended to hone your skills enough to be able to paint an anatomically perfect set of fingers. No hands, just fingers, only fingers. Please visit the information desk for more details about these classes and any of our other offerings. The Persistence of Memory, 1931. Salvador Dali, Oil on Canvas. Are the melting clocks presented in this image as you remember them? Surely you've seen them before, Dali's famous melting clocks. One hangs limp over the barren branch of a tree. Another is draped over a pale, abstract figure, reminiscent of a saddle across a horse's back. A third stretches and slinks over the edge of a large block of some sort, perhaps only a few ticks of the second hand away from sloughing completely to the earth below. Another clock, this one not yet melting, rests on that same block. Ants cover it, a symbol that this timepiece too is decaying, failing. All this set against a largely barren backdrop the flat brown earth meeting craggy hills and a pale, open expanse of sky. If not for those ants, or for the single fly hovering above one of the melting clocks, or the unknown being that appears to slumber under the weight of the clock that saddles it, this image would be devoid of any life at all. What does time matter if no one marks its passing? Annabel Godfrey often spent hours in front of this painting, particularly in her later years. She said she appreciated the honesty in it, that time stretches and shrinks, that it can fester and shift, and that memory, the literal souvenir of one's trip through time and space, can also stretch and shrink and fester and shift. Yet, as the title of this piece suggests, memory persists, as does time. But can either persist with no one to carry them? Will the insects be the bearers of memory and of time when nothing else remains? They who measure their short and violent lives by the ticking of a clock's hand rather than the passing of seasons, do they experience the same peaks and valleys of a life in their shortened time as we do in the years and decades allotted to ours? And who will remember them, who will remember us, when all fades to the empty horizon? What will remember? Does the physical, the material, carry memory? Will the earth touched by the ants, and the canvas and pigment of this painting, watched and regarded by you and so many others, and the millions of tangible ways in which one makes their presence known to the universe, will these things, these objects, carry the memory of all who have ever known or touched or loved them? Memory, like time, persists after all. It endures. Annabelle said that she found that notion hopeful, that even as time shifts and decays and loses all inherent meaning, as years begin and roll on and come to an end and begin again over and over and over, memory holds on. The world is remade each and every day for your being in it, for your moving through it, for pushing it one molecule, one atom at a time into a shape that could not exist without you as its mold and maker. 
Your forward motion is its memory. And time? Well, time is a construct. It may therefore be deconstructed, remade. Make of yours what you would have it be. Thank you for listening to the Godfrey Audio Guide. This episode was written, produced, and performed by Nicole Knudsen, with sound design and editing by James Ferrero. Enjoying your trip to the estate? To keep up with the Godfrey, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at The Godfrey Guide, or visit our website, posted in the show notes below. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe on your podcast app of choice. If you're interested in becoming a sustaining member of the show, make sure to visit our Patreon page patreon.com slash the godfrey audio guide in addition to our various membership tiers you'll also find full episode transcripts for any who wish to read them until next time friends see you back at the museum